Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host, Jason, along with Chris. Yo. All right. Part two. Should we do our intro song? Part two. Awesome. Budget, still good. Still in the black. Yep. (laughs) So doing great. So the Blues, we talked about, had a great offseason. Yeah. League-wide, media-wide acclaim on how the Blues are going to come back. Have a great season. Have mm-hmm. a good shot at being a dark, like I say at this point, maybe dark horse contender for a cup. I would, be I would say honest. dark horse only because of the fact that you're in the same division as Nashville and Winnipeg. Yeah, I think if this team's in the Pacific, we're talking about a division a division winner. But you know, when you have two teams like Winnipeg and Nashville, who are the class of the NHL every year, it's it's not too unlike five years ago when you're competing with Chicago. You know. It's a tough division. It's really tough. And we found that out as the year went on. Yeah. And like we said, expectations are high. I mean, you're at the first game. Mm-hmm. Super excited. You know, play Winnipeg. It's going to be a really great first game. And, man, we're... You, I remember walking into this game and you and I going, well, we're going to find out real quick what this team's made of. Because you knew what you had in Winnipeg. When, aside from losing Paul Stasny... Um, Winnipeg was by and large the same team that went to the Western Conference Finals the previous season. Um, So you knew that you had a very good offensive team. You had a team that had a decent defense and a team that had a goalie that could shut it down. So you knew that game one, in your own house, you were going to be tested. Yeah, so the Blues looking to start the season off right. So season opens, a lot of pomp and circumstance. Excuse me. October 4th, season starts. Very excited. Did not go well, Mm-mm. to say the least. So, the Blues quickly down on this game. We're just going to go over the first game and then kind of go from there. Blues down, line A scores. Crap. The third the third period is where it kind of fell apart. And if you, I don't know if you remember this happening. Oh, I do. The three goals in like about a minute and a half. Yep. Lowry at 551, which is shorthanded, which was the killer. Mm-hmm. Blake Wheeler at 6.55, so there's a minute and minute four, and then a minute, less than a minute later, Kyle Connor scores at 7.35, all against Jake Allen. It went from one nothing most of the game to 4-0 real quick. And then did we leave? No, we stayed. Yeah, we talked about it, though, because it was not great. We said if it got to 5 nothing, we were going to roll. And it did get to 5 nothing, But we, we were just like, it's opening night. We have to stick it out. Remember, yep. Vince Dunn scores late, and everybody's like, yay. Yeah, yeah there's a new we goal song. We get shut out. Yeah, we finally get a new goal song, which we that's what we were looking forward to yep. with the urge having the new uh, goal song, and then really bad. So not only that game was bad, Blues dropped five of the first six. Yeah. And uh, I hope you remember, if see if you guys uh, remember this happening. Heavy traffic. Tries to stay on that thing, but it is cleared by Riley. Back inside the blue side, turnover, and for Gallagher, scores! That's Cal. <laughs> wow. The third period blues continue for the blues as Colton Pareko, I just praised this guy. That's it. Put the two points in the bank for the Montreal Canadiens. As they get a late one from Brendan Gallagher to win. Yep, so that happened. Yeah, that was um and that was the that was for me even though the first game was a blowout. This is the one where the Blues 100% were pl- playing the team and then just gave it away and then the, yeah. it's just 
mind you, Pareko's gay for whatever you want to call it. Awful. That was that was like it was bad. As our friend Justice Soul murder. Yeah, it's it. You know, what's funny is we used the term numerous times the first half of the season, like it can't get worse than that, and rock bottom and stuff like that. And I remember that happening and immediately texting you and just going, all right, well, at least we got to rock bottom early this year mm-hmm. because you didn't think it was going to get worse than that because I believe this was a Montreal team that wasn't very good either. Yeah, that was not predicted to go there in the middle of uh, at least a retool at the very yeah. least. Um, so went back and forth for a while. They let the Blues make get out of it, but then they couldn't. And finally, they let Mike Yo go after losing to the worst team in the league at the time, we were like third worst, I believe. Yes, losing one nothing to the L.A. Kings at home to a rookie goalie making his third second start. Mm-hmm. So it was time. It was time. So he loses six seven and one is what his record is after this. And the Blues was that up. about the same record that Davis Payne had when they let him go? Yep, darn close. Yeah, yep. And then I mean, they kind of look at yeah, mid Mike Yo Davis Payne. Similar. I'll admit, man, I was never a Mike Yo guy. Yeah. I thought the whole him sharing the bench with Hitchcock thing was very weird two mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. I thought it was really odd. Um, I never was comfortable with him as the head coach. I had friends of mine who were Wild fans who were like, oh, it's not Yo. You know, the team quit on Yo. Yo's a good guy. But I think what bothered me with Mike Yo that we saw through the whole year previous and then the first few games of the season before he let go is they never changed a philosophy. And you and I spoke a lot about the fact that we thought that the defensive problems with this team were due to the new man-to-man coverage scheme. Mm. And when you see that it's not working, you got to make changes. You... You could want to play a certain style all you want, but if your roster doesn't fit that style, then you have to abandon that style and find something that fits your your personnel. And 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 Yo never did that. Yeah, he kind of stuck with his guns, and that's what we talked about in our uh, podcast, aptly named "Time for Yo to Go." The one, yeah. So the Blues are in a uh, free fall. Finish right now. If, and number 30 out of 31 teams. Not great. Yeah. Uh, pretty much playing 500 hockey ever, you know, right now. Awesome. Win one, lose a couple. Win two, looks like they're turning the corner. Lay an egg. Come back, play a really good game. Lay another egg. Uh, it's real frustrating, and so it led to our big news. Uh, Mike Yo finally getting fired after the Blues play a very uninspiring game against the last place team in the league, the LA Kings. Yeah. Getting shut up, getting shut out by a goalie um, who's only playing his fifth regular, fourth regular season game, his second in four nights. Um, really bad, to say the least. So Mike Yo is canned. Um, pretty much eleven o'clock that night. I think I, I think I our little contest winner was. Uh, I put it on there. We had a little contest going of when Mike Yo is going to get fired after the game. People were saying next day. I saw it to be the next day. Oh, I got the press conference time right at least, but. Mike Yo fired eleven about eleven o'clock after the game that night. I figured they were going to fire him that night. I mean, you've got our everybody at the arena. Why wait? Why wait to do the inevitable? I mean, look, as you and I have said too many times this season, I don't mind losing, but when you play uninspired hockey, 
And when you can't beat the last place team in the league, granted, you're the second to last place team in the league, but this is still a team below you. Mm-hmm. When when you can't not only beat them, but you can't score a goal against them, it, it's time. Yeah, and, I, guess a, I guess a guy who technically their fourth string goalie. Yeah. Because they had injuries to Jonathan Quick, Peter Budai, and Jake uh, Jack Campbell, all injured. And they're playing your fourth guy, a guy who spent time in the ECHL to start this year, and you get yeah. shot off by him. We want to talk about games that have been rock bottom, and there's been many of those. We thought, we, thought we hit it numerous times already. Uh, I, I don't know how much lower you get than this. I mean, honestly, I don't know how you do. You just got shut out by the last place team in the league, as you said, versus uh, the fourth string goalie who's playing two games in four nights, who's started the season, not even the in the NHL, and you are a team who is at the cap. And you can't put one past this dude. So, yeah, so we kind of like, I think we kind of hit it on the head there when we were just kind of like reiterating. You got to reiterate now to a degree what we thought about right. then that he's just systems aren't working, changes aren't being made. You can't really call anybody up or make trades. It's too nope. early. And that's what happened. So, not only Mike Yo is failing, but we also talked about different players failing. We talked about uh, Raiden Shen not living up to what he was the prior Agreed. year. Agreed. Uh, Jaden Schwartz struggling to score. That uh, became a thing all year. Yeah. Pat Maroon only having one goal so far mm-hmm. and kind of struggling. Jake Looking Allen, awful. Looking awful. I mean, slow. And we talked about having back surgery. Yep. Uh, his back surgery is still kind of like hampering him. And then, of course, which we talked about as many times, Jake Allen having above a three goals against and below 90 save percentage, which is that gonna that, get it done. that's not going to get it done. And we talked about uh, – uh, another podcast named Appley, The Blame Game. A big problem, and I believe it was either after this game or after the Chicago game, they pointed out the number of shots on goal the Blues have given up through, it was either the first three or four games. And it's staggering. It was, at the time, the second highest in the NHL. Yeah, I believe they're the highest after the Chicago game. And this is a team that for a long many years has prided itself on not giving up shots on goal. Um, Yeah, it's a problem. It's a real problem what's happening right now with our defense, specifically because it's the one aspect of the game that I think ownership, coaching, and fans didn't think needed to be addressed. Yeah. It was it was the one, you know, gold star on the report card was our defense. You know, say what you will about the offense not scoring goals or the power play being bad, and say what you want about Jake Allen and the goaltending situation. But the one shining thing on this team was its defense, and I would say through these first five games, the defense is the biggest issue. Yep. I would agree with that. And like I said, definitely check out the article by Jeremy Rutherford where I thought that was a really great breakdown of not only stat-related stuff, but also uh, uh, apparently NHL defenseman, ex-NHL defenseman who told them what was going on, what he saw. And I thought it was really interesting on uh, the Blues are unfortunately leading the way on 
there's a Corsi stat that's out there, basically like high danger chances. Mm-hmm. And the blue and the Blues have given up the third most, but the goalies also have the worst save percentage at 73% of those. So they're basically like we talked about in the past. They're not coming with that big save on that grade A chance that you know the opposite team's getting. They're not making that you know save to get the bail off the team. That's not happening, right? And, and which we kind of talked also, about. And that also speaks to something that we talked about the last podcast too, which is you know let's go back to the the season opener against Winnipeg, where yeah we outshot Winnipeg, but how many of those shots were legitimate? Scoring chances. You know, I would much rather have quality of shots than quantity. And it seems like with the Blues defensively right now, not only are we giving up a lot of shots in quantity, but we're giving up legitimately dangerous shots. We're not just giving up, you know, shots that are getting flung in from the sideboards and hoping for a redirect or, you know, a a rebound from the other side. We're giving up a lot of big time scoring chances. And that's, you know, that's problematic this early in the year, especially when you're talking about a team that has veteran leadership on the blue line. That it just seems like over the course of this offseason, we've forgotten how to shut down other teams. Yeah, which was like kind of a hallmark of like uh, you know Ken Hitchcock teams where they you would only get maybe twenty shots against. Right. Maybe there maybe they were there's some good chances mixed in there and then but you're you know you kind of didn't have the greatest offense on top of that because you're really focused on defense. So you got to take the good with the bad, but at the same time, the power play is clicking. The power play is clicking. Like and the offense seems to be kind of clicking at times. The offense has gotten better with each game. Yeah. But the defense, the defense has gotten worse. Yeah, yeah. The defense is just not there. I mean, yeah. we can get into it deeper. I, I, you know, you and I have been talking almost daily about the fact that, and God bless him, we've both been, you know, proponents of this guy for the longest time. But I think it's safe to say that Jay Bowmeister's best days are long behind him at this point. Yeah. I think it's yeah. uh, that off that, uh, that preseason stuff that we talked about that quickly disappeared. And, he is not – the other problem is, and this is a coaching thing for me, he is not – as we talked about, we agreed on this, he's not a top-pairing guy anymore. No. he And that's he, and that's he, he's, get, he's getting played with right now. He's getting played with the uh, transfer every game, he which is getting walked almost, almost every time that a team brings the puck in on the rush and they come in on his side, he's getting walked around almost yeah. every time. Now, look, I, I – agree that what he still brings to this team is great on the penalty kill. He's able to get the puck and get it out, but his, of that, he's a third pairing guy. Simple as that. Second at best. And then the other thing is, and maybe I'm more critical of him than I should be because of his role in this team, but I have been very largely unimpressed with Alex Petrangelo's game through mm-hmm. five games. Yep. He is, I, uh, he is so many times, career worse right now, minus five. So many times I watch the puck come to the point, be it on a power play or just as they cycle around. And like I made the joke to you the other day, Petro couldn't hold the puck in if you paid him to do it. Oh, wait, they actually do pay him to do it. So then we also talked about our our favorite thing, which we actually had the conversation for our podcast. We had the lose for Hughes 
Yeah. It was after the uh, L.A. game. We talked about we were – we'll, we'll admit, we were, on the, we were on the bandwagon, man. We're like, if it's going to be that bad this Blow year, it up. let's just get a kid who's supposed to be – May not, I, yeah. I don't know if he was wanting to be in a generational talent. Maybe by the time, I think early in the season, he's considered maybe McDavid generational type. Right. I think by the draft, he's considered a very good player, maybe not generational. Though. Sure, I agree. So, But at the time, we're like, hey, if we're going to get somebody who's going to be a you know phenom kid, let's get him in here. Let's do it. Yeah, and we talked about that quite a bit. And the Blues started finally shedding players. Uh, made some changes in goal. Yep. Finally, Chad Johnson was surprisingly sent down, and then he was lost on waivers. It didn't surprise me that much, but yeah, I mean, you know, I remember there was a time where people were like, "Oh, Chad Johnson should be the starter." Well, people said that, and then I and believe then the did. next day he got lit up just as bad as Jake Allen did. Yeah. So you know, and you know, all respect to Carter Hutton, who is now in, in Buffalo. Because at this time of the year in Buffalo, Buffalo is going gangbusters yeah. in the middle of a ten-game winning streak yeah. uh, with Carter Hutton and Net, and which makes everything that makes the sure. even, things look even worse. Um, but yeah, it's you know things were bad, and I I knew that Carter Hutton wasn't the answer, but we definitely needed help from somewhere, and I didn't. I don't think anyone knew where that help was going to come from. Yeah. So January third, which is a date which everybody talks about, but the other date which I did not realize is. It was a date that officially Chad Johnson was lost on waivers as well. So not only were the really Blues, that was the same day the Blues are in last place. The Blues lose Chad Johnson. Ville, who's I don't so, know if I'd say we lost him. Well, <laughs> yeah, he was no longer with the Blues. True. Yeah, let's uh, go yes. that way. And the Blues uh, have to call a goalie up, obviously, because Chad Johnson is not there. Need a backup yep. for uh, the at least the time being until you figure out if you're going you to need at least a stopgap. And. And we're all talking about Billy Huso. Unfortunately, Billy Huso is hurt with a uh, kind of a, I would say, long term injury, mm-hmm. but uh, injury nonetheless. Uh, and Evan Fitzpatrick is not going to be the guy. So Jordan Bennington, fourth on the chart, on the depth chart, gets called up. And we thought, uh, we thought this is just kind of a stop, a stop, a stopgap thing at the time. Yep. All right, and the Blues heading towards uh, the end of the season here. I think our uh, our, our wrap-up, which around this time I talk about the uh, thing, was, our, was 2018, the year of mediocrity. So yeah. that was our uh, podcast where we kind of summed up how we were feeling. Yeah, man. it was. Uh, I was very happy to close the book on the calendar year of 2018 when it came to Blues hockey. When you look at the last half of the season prior and the first half of this season, uh, 2018, by and large, was not – a fun year to be a St. Louis Blues fan. Yeah. Okay. And obviously this one was a little more uh, clip-heavy, I thought, because this is, this is kind of the time of the, the good chunk of the season where stuff happened. I just remember you and I physically not wanting to record shows. Yeah, we were talking about how hard it is. I'll have to try to find, a, try to find that. Maybe I'll sneak it into the, the podcast here. But it was a, it was tough to do these for a while. We, where we had a couple weeks where you text me, you're like, what time are we recording? I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I, I, I physically remember coming into the studio one day and, and sitting across this desk from you and looking at each other and going, we have to find something positive to talk about. Yeah. And there was nothing. Like, I think the Blues had won, like, one of four games that week. They were just getting their dicks kicked in everywhere. 
And, like, there was just – there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and we talked about that, and we, like – well, yeah, I think our voice we said, uh, our wrestlers that we talked about, Seth Rollins, we want to burn it down. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, that, we talked the next podcast, which we'll get into, is the rise of Bennington. So, thanks for joining us on this one, and uh be fun to continue this on part three, the rise of Bennington. Oh